Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Vergara. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the main episode for this week, recorded with Nick Gray of Fandroid as we get together to talk about mainly Google's announcements from this past week. But in the beginning, or rather the first half of this episode, we do get into a couple of other devices, including the Xperia 5 Mark II and the Xiaomi Mi 10T Pro. This also marks the start of a new segment that we are doing on the podcast feed, but also on uh, live networks, in this case, Instagram Live. After each recording of the show, the guest and I, in this case, Nick Gray, of course, will get onto a live network for half an hour to just hang out, uh, chill out for a little bit. That way we can have some time together. But also, if you are in those live chats, you can ask us live Q&As. That way we can answer some questions, have some discussions with all of you. And that audio will also be an episode here on the podcast feed. So if you are listening to this main episode on Friday, which is usually when I try to get these episodes out, you can look forward to the Q&A episode, the half hour hangout, uh, coming out on Mondays afterward. So we just want to extend some gratitude to all of you who have been listening to the Pocket Now Weekly podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Now you're going to get an extra episode every single week in the post-show hangout and Q&A. But with all of that said, let's go ahead and get into this main episode with Nick Gray of Fandroid talking about a bunch of devices over the next hour. And then we'll see you for the Q&A in a few days. Enjoy. Just did a teaser on Instagram, uh, for those of you listening. Uh, I'm doing a bit of an announcement for this one. We are finally bringing back a version of a live Pocket Now Weekly. Uh, the thing is, we're changing it up a little bit. The live recordings, I know that our core audience always loves being a part of the live recordings, but it never really made sense from just sort of the like sort of just the numbers standpoint to have a full live on YouTube, Facebook, all that stuff. But it does make sense for us to have multiple releases on the actual audio podcast network. So we're going to have the main show, which you're listening to right now. And then if you're listening to this on Friday, which is when this comes out, uh, then on Monday, we are going to have another half hour ready for you guys where Nick, our uh, guest for today and myself will be answering questions on Instagram live. So there's a little bit of the live aspect. Uh, we'll go to other platforms with the live in the future, but IGT, IG live has always been good to us. Um, and then that audio gets put into a whole different episode for you guys to enjoy at the beginning of the next week. So this is sort of where I'm, I've been mulling this whole thing over. Nick knows this. He's been on multiple episodes and I've been been talking about this for years. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know about years, but like I've been, I've been thinking about how to bring back not people will say the YouTube version, but really it's just a video content portion. And I, I even talked to some of our friends over at the podcasting platform and they were like, yeah, video versions, like those don't really count towards the metrics as cool as they might be. They're more for marketing purposes than anything else. So when you kind of weigh the pros and cons, having just a few thousand people watch the video version and it doesn't even add to the numbers, it's, it doesn't really make that much sense. So I had to find a way of finding that happy medium to, to marry the two. So this is, this, is, this, was my, this is my latest idea. And I think this one will stick because Q&As and getting people in always a good time uh and it'll be good to actually answer some questions and it'll it'll carry the conversation for that half hour that we'll do after this episode anyway don't want to drown out our guest here nick gray from fandroid back on the show uh just wanted to see how you're doing and uh yeah what have you been up to lately i've been up to keeping up with the news there's been a whole lot of it and it's kind of kind of one of those weeks where you think you're caught up and then you check Twitter or something else and you realize you're about five days behind. So just trying to, you know, live life and 
live in the moment a little bit more uh, with the news, but it's definitely not happening. It's tough, right? Because I, even just last night, at the time that we are recording this episode, it is the morning-ish, the day after all of the, let's just say, national news has been breaking about, of course, our, you know, the president and the first lady having COVID-19, to which we're not going to talk about that at length. But of course, I've had many an episode during quarantine during this year talking about the, let's say, perils of social media. And I think last night, because you were probably asleep by the time the news started breaking. Um, I I was in bed. Uh, I saw it and I was like, nope, I'm going to sleep. I'll catch it up in the morning because I got to see it all unravel and full in, in real time. And my God, just what social media invites people to say, do, think, all these things. Last night was kind of rough. It was kind of rough being on Twitter. And there are a lot of our tech friends who were reacting live, not to the news per se, but reacting to the reactions. And there were just a bunch of people saying, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to step away for a second because mm-hmm. this is too much. So the... Not that we're going to talk about the actual news itself. Just for God's sakes, people, just please take care of yourselves. And the one thing that I tweeted out during that whole thing was just a simple fact. I'm going to say the word fact here. Guys, science is undefeated. You can say whatever you want about like what you feel, what you think is going on, all of that. But if the science is there, the science is there. Please take care of yourselves. Wear some freaking masks. Um, social distance. Take care of your loved ones. Uh, and this is all stuff that we have been saying for months, for this entire year. Yeah. And, and honestly, like this week with the debate and everything like that, I'd I'd like to remind people, just be kind to each other. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what side of the political aisle you're on, what you think about COVID and all of that, be kind and it'll make the world a better place because I don't think we've seen a lot of that lately. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so with all of that said, um, just a couple of, uh, things from sort of like the, uh, well, I already did our housekeeping for the episode by saying we're going to do that live a little bit later. So um, not that it matters for anybody that's listening to this after we're recording this, but I asked people to go on Instagram, send us your questions, send us whatever, uh, and we will answer those questions. But also um, people will be in that live kicking it with us. So yeah, um, the uh, there have been a lot of announcements this week and we're just kind of, we are going to go through a bit more of a classic news story by news story type thing uh earlier this week there were a couple of there was one announcement but then there was also uh, a certain device started to arrive in people's hands and i think it's a kind of an anticipated device uh the xperia 5 mark ii however before we get to that the main announcement that happened earlier this week was from xiaomi who now have their version of a t variant uh so we have a mi 10t pro uh, and I have one, actually, if I can just find out, if I can remember where I put it. <laughs> you have too many devices there. I really do. Like, we're going to talk about the Xperia a little bit later. I actually have the Xperia 1 Mark II right here, and I just haven't gotten around to to doing anything on it. I will finally this weekend. Uh, but where did I put the... Is it this one? Because I know there's a case on it, so it should be easy to recognize. No, that's not it. That's the FE. This is this is this is also another one we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, did you pick up a 
fan edition? Uh, I do not have one yet. No. Because okay, they just I'm, started. I, uh, I'm debating whether today. whether to go to Best Buy and pick one up later today or not. But it's kind of it's Samsung. Very, send me one. Gosh, <laughs> it's a compelling device. Um, because well, the price will always make something compelling. Uh, but yeah, well, I see people on Twitter right now, just a bunch of people scooping it up, saying it's a a great phone. And I have a couple of thoughts on it a little bit later. This is yet another device that I have to go out and get some camera samples and some testing. But here, I found it. It was buried under uh, cables and whatnot. Um, the Xiaomi Mi 10T Pro. I can just get my camera to focus on it. There you go. Got to give it a lot of contrast to work with because this is contrast autofocus on the new <laughs> on the new Panasonic camera that I just got. Um, but yeah, here we go. So I don't know how much you kind of how much did you follow this new T variant from Xiaomi? Oh, we we did all the product announcement stuff, and I watched a live event as well as they were well live pre-recorded event mm-hmm. um honestly it's so you actually get three different phones here they the oh, me goodness. 10 lineup is the me 10 t uh the me 10 t light and then mm-hmm. there's the pro as well so there's something for everyone across the board here depending on whether or not you want to spend the premium dollars for the premium device or if you want to save a little bit of cash and um get something with an inferior camera system, but still the same overall experience as far as the device goes. So um, Xiaomi though, the the thing that's interesting for this device is that it's, they are packing in more 5G radio bands than ever before on the 10 and the 10 Pro, which means it's going to likely work better here in the u.s if you're planning on importing it they're still not planning on selling it here in the u.s of course not but uh (laughs) anyone in canada or the u.s who is interested in picking one up uh, they should have better 5g support and even 4g lte support with the bands that they're they're putting into this device so that's that's really exciting because as of I don't know, as of forever, you've been able to use these devices, except you're typically limited to uh, one or two bands of 4G and really no 5G support here in the US. Uh, So it's always been a hard sell for anybody who who's wanted to use one in North America. Yeah, for the longest time uh, when I was reviewing especially early on, this is obviously like pre-5G era, Um, when I was reviewing Xiaomi devices, Huawei devices, Oppo devices, I was always so used to just seeing H plus in the corner Mm -hmm. (laughs) because that was the only 4G that it could possibly get here in the States. Uh, It's a good prospect that this latest from Xiaomi is going to have it. And I feel like it should be more of a commonality now that like Snapdragon processors have the modems in them. All that these manufacturers have to do is just like hit on on a majority of them. And... Make sure that it just supports the bands. Uh, in this case, though, Mi 10T Pro, the other marquee features on it, uh, 144 hertz refresh rate. Now, here's a question that I have for you, because this has come up. I've watched a few other creators' videos on it. Um, Shouts out to Matt Moniz, to Mark Lansangen. And what I noticed in the comment sections for those and my video is that a lot of people were sort of kvetching over what kind of screen this is. So you hear 144 hertz refresh rate, that's awesome. You can do 90 throughout or 144 adaptive. And then people hear the the letters LCD and they check out. I don't quite understand this vitriol 
for just this type of screen? Um, I mean, so we both just reviewed the Poco mm-hmm. device, the Poco X3 NFC. And for what it's worth, the X3 NFC and the Mi 10T Pro Lite are extremely similar. Swap out the processor that's used on the inside, and they're pretty much the same device. Um, going back to the display as well. Um, and as you know, that, that device there also had an LCD. And while the refresh rate is really good, what I think a lot of people are getting at is the um, brightness of that display wasn't as bright as what we've seen from AMOLED devices as of late. And also, you don't get those true deep blacks. Even though these displays do have HDR10 support, they still don't get as dark as AMOLED displays. And if anyone anyone who uses their phone at night in their bedroom, you know, when the lights are out, uh, you know, my wife goes to sleep and I'm sitting there on my phone for another 15, 20 minutes at times and she's constantly telling me, turn your brightness down, turn your brightness down. <laughs> you can't really do that with an LCD because it has, you know, that... It's ba- literally backlit, backlit panel yeah. mm-hmm. in order for the pixels to display color and light on them, uh, which you don't need with an AMOLED panel. So I, I I get what people are getting to with that comment. That being said, these are still really good displays. I mean, honestly, the Poco X3 NFC was incredible. Not not just for the price. I mean, it it was a 230 euro smartphone. I would say it had the best display up to a 400 euro smartphone. Uh, that being said, some people have preferences. But again, this phone here is a 600 euro device. I mean, this is cheaper than any of the flagships that are currently on the market. Uh, We're talking I would about the say, Pro here, right? Yeah, the, the Pro. And I think the regular Mi 10T is uh, 499. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's. I, I would say these are on the same level as, as far as pricing goes, as OnePlus devices, if not even cheaper. And depending on what features specifically you're looking at, this could be a better option. Mm-hmm. Again, everyone's going to be a snob when they have a specific thing that they're looking for. You know, someone's a display snob, someone's an audio snob, someone's a camera snob. And if that's really the feature that they get caught up on, good for them. If If they're going to you know, pass over an entire device for one feature that they're not happy with. That's their choice. That doesn't make it a bad device. Exactly. Um, which I think, well, the thing that I just kept, the thing that I kept ringing in my head is I've been doing a lot more sort of diving into, let's say, computing content recently and just uh, getting to know laptops and monitors and whatnot. It's it just kind of funny to me, the false equivalencies that are here, because while on a monitor you could get 240 hertz refresh rate it's got to be an lcd though like there's literally no oled they can't Mm -hmm. make an oled that has that kind of refresh rate same thing goes for this 144 that's right in front of my face um so it's just kind of interesting to me that people feel that way just a second okay i need to give a signature oh a signature okay oh you have a package yeah, yeah, right. package. Hold on All a right. second. 
All right, so in the interest of keeping our relationships with PR intact, I will not ask him what was in the box. <laughs> and not I have even no clue right what now. was in the box. He hasn't even opened it yet, so it's <laughs> uh, just signed off for it. Though I will say, uh, uh, I, I have one coming in too, so maybe in the middle of our recording, I'm going to have to go sign off for a package. Who um, knows? Yeah, <laughs> so um, I get I get those emails from like UPS, DHL, FedEx, like, hey, we got something coming today. Um, and today was one of today is one of those days where I'm going to have a lot of stuff coming in because with this new camera, I've been experimenting with a bunch of accessories and whatnot. So it's been a busy week uh, in terms of tech for JV over here. Um, anyway, earlier this week, I did do the unboxing and first uh, impressions on this phone. And yeah, the main takeaways that I had were honestly that so far, the main early takeaways were that the screen is awesome. I personally don't think that LCD is that big of a deal because if you want to have that high refresh rate, it's got to be LCD, which is the point I was mm -hmm. trying to make. So do you want high refresh rate or do you want AMOLED? Can you get both? Only from Samsung. Like, that's pretty much it. So that's that, that was that was sort of my thought when all of well, those... Well, does Samsung go up to 144, though? No, 120. 120, tops. yeah. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that's the thing. It's You have to do some trade-offs there. 144, as of right now, there's what, two other devices on the market that have 144... And they're gaming devices. Gaming devices, and they are LCD screens. They're exactly. not AMOLED. So yeah. if you want that high refresh rate, specifically people who are gaming do, this is the compromise you're going to have to make. And also, the I don't know anybody that uses an OLED on their computers. Um, laptops don't um, even have OLED that much, but I'm talking like monitors. Monitors. I mean, there are some. They're on the. I mean, we've seen them at CES over the years, and they look really good. The problem is the pricing for them is ridiculously high, mm -hmm. so there's very they're few and far between. Yeah. Especially if you're looking for high refresh rates. Mm -hmm. uh, the final thing about this phone that is interesting is, uh, of course, the camera array. I'm going to do my best to let... Ooh, there you go. The focus actually went pretty quick. Um, okay, when you so put we that have, case on it. Yeah, I gave it more contrast, huh? Uh, any any Panasonic fans out there know why I'm joking about my camera. Anyway, the, uh, the 108 megapixel sensor here, not something that is particularly new. Obviously, Xiaomi did put one on a previous device already, and we've seen it on a Samsung device by now. Uh, so what I found so funny, though, is if I'm able to point at it is right there, this little... This little portion right here that literally has no camera in it. It's almost as if they were like, okay, put a module in it or not. And it's funny that the light model is the one that got the module in there because it is a two megapixel depth sensor. However, on this phone, it's just blank. <laughs> I thought they have another... I thought it housed a different type of sensor, not a... Not a camera sensor but a different type of sensor i i, I couldn't I, I was looking through the spec sheets that i got from xiaomi and i couldn't really confirm that all i know for certain though is that the 10t light literally has four sensors so yeah. there's definitely a sensor there but yeah so um, i mean the, the 10t light if you look at the back of the phone it has the semi-circle-ish uh camera module housing mm -hmm. like the poco x3 nfc which also has that one has the quad camera setup as well. So yeah. um, no, yeah. no surprises there. So no, here but it's like, like I, it looks like you have multiple cameras, but actually one of them is not a camera. Though I, I do like that setup there that they've given. The, the way the glass reflects off of the top sensor, it makes it look like the it's bulging a oh, little sure. bit. I don't know if it actually is, but the way the light reflects off of it and the fact that there's that larger sensor on its own and then they're stacked for... Uh, below it 
makes it look, I think, a lot better than the other smartphones with camera modules that are, you know, in that same vein. You know, this is the Samsung Galaxy Fold, Z Fold 2. And it has three, but then they're like off-centered and, you know, in a perfect line. I, I think the the layout there that Xiaomi went with looks a lot more appealing. Yeah, I think that it's, I think that this will end up being a decent camera. Xiaomi has never made like a bad camera module. But what is kind of the story here, aside from just 108 megapixel, high numbers, all that stuff, is that the Xiaomi is trying to bring more modes to it. So this is mm -hmm. something that you and I have experienced with the Poco X3 already, which are modes like the long exposure, the clone mode, which I had a lot of fun with, and uh, the front and back modes and whatnot. So that's what we're going to end up getting on here using a high-powered sensor. So I thought that that was an interesting take on a T model. And to be clear, none of these modes are unique or revolutionary. There are a handful of smartphone makers that have been using them for a very long time. Mm -hmm. It's that... Uh, we haven't really seen it paired with a good camera, so that's going to be nice. Yeah, so I will be doing a real-world camera test on this. I think I'm going to be doing like three of them this weekend uh, at some point because I got to do the uh, S20 FE, but also finally do some content, and here's our segue to the Xperia 1 Mark II. Now, the reason why this is a significant phone and why I still want to talk about it, even though I have to return it very soon, and I have, I've had this thing for weeks and I've used it on and off, but just the world of tech just doesn't let me breathe like i just have no time gotta get caught up josh come on it's so hard it's literally so hard um actually to that point hayato put out a great tweet with a picture that showed like someone getting overwhelmed like like swarmed by other people and there were like different products like uh uh different that, text that was bubbles. captain america didn't you see was that, that captain america yeah, I, that was I, captain I america notice. when they were like all jumping him in the elevator oh all the hydra people i didn't realize all i okay all I've, all I've, all I saw were the names of the devices, and I was already stressed out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is still one of them, and I still like. I, I tried really hard to even get a hold of this thing, so of course I got to do something on it. I'll probably do a, just a real world camera test and a few takeaways using it because what has what has been announced over the last like week and a half, uh, and what has been arriving in some people's hands is the Xperia Five Mark II, and mm -hmm. I think that is. I don't know. It, th this is sort of like the S20 Ultra of Sony's camp. And then the Xperia 5 Mark II ends up being the... Come on, autofocus. There you go. And then the Xperia 5 Mark II ends up being like, oh, we can provide many of the same features in a more accessible, maybe even slightly more affordable package. So they're sort well, of just optimizing their packages. Yeah. And so the, the main difference, though, really only comes down to screen size, battery, and they dropped the time of flight sensor. Yes. And that's really the only difference. Everything else on the device is the same. The 120 hertz refresh rate, the um, the main sensor is the same exact 12 megapixel sensor that Sony is not allowing any other manufacturer to use. It's a unique sensor that uh, is significantly larger than what any other smartphone has as far as the size of the overall sensor. So one thing I would like to remind you to do when you're doing your real-world camera test, make sure you turn on the RAW plus JPEG mm -hmm. uh, because, and then edit some of the raw images because I did that when I did my my camera test and the raw images from that main 12 megapixel sensor and then compare them to any other device that's currently on the market and you'll be surprised how much more um, 
more detail you can pull out of those images once you capture in RAW. And that one of the conversations I had with uh, one of the Sony camera engineers was, what is Sony doing with its cameras? Because they're not really doing computational photography like everybody else is on their smartphones. And their their answer was, we're taking more of the DSLR approach. We're still editing the JPEGs and pulling in more light and fine-tuning the images, but we're not going overboard. Um, because, you know, imagine imagine what a DSLR would do with computational photography. You know, mm-hmm. if I have, you know, an A7, you know, whatever, and capture 10 images and then stitch those together to pull out the perfect shot, the image would look incredible. But Sony wants to give that uh, editing to the user rather than deciding what the photo should actually look like. So that 12 megapixel sensor with raw images can do some phenomenal things. Unfortunately, when you actually compare the JPEGs uh, to a Samsung, to a Pixel, to even an LG, the Sony images look just a little bit dull because they actually want you to use the raw images and edit them on your own without just yet relying on the JPEG processing that they have on the device. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I think I do remember that in the briefing, which was like at this point three weeks ago. So it's, it's uh, been a while. It's been a little while. So I, I, I do apologize just from the JV side because this is a JV device. This is not necessarily a pocket now device. Um, so I still have to do this, uh, this content. It's just the, the game of catch up is incessant. Like in October yeah. is starting. I'm seeing people tweeting right now that they just got like four different packages at home and like it's, <laughs> everyone's it about to get ends. overwhelmed. It never ends. Um, the good so, news is after October, it slows down a little bit before, hey, wait, CES isn't happening. So we have like until Mobile World Congress. Which is in June now. Yeah. So we've got like nine months. True, true. <laughs> to get caught up. Uh, so yeah, and then uh, just as a quick aside before we go into our main topic, well, not main topic, but the second half of the show rather, uh, we do have one other device that is not necessarily like absolutely new, but it is interesting, and a lot of people are talking about it because it was just we, we alluded to it earlier. This is the Samsung Galaxy S twenty FE. Um, now, I'm looking at this phone right now as I look at as I get my camera to focus on it, and I see kind of like a high powered A device. I, I did mention this in my unboxing video. Which is not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing whatsoever. Uh, flat, high refresh rate display. Uh, the the main thing that makes me look at this phone and think that Samsung took an A line device and just gave it better specs is mainly this top portion of the uh, of the screen where you have just the single large punch hole cut out dead center. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that screams A seventy one to me. Just 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 in my opinion. Uh, but ultimately, this is one of those phones where if you have been wanting some of the best of Samsung, and you're willing to compromise on a couple of things for a lower price, well, here you go. Which is why I find it funny that they call it for the fans, because wouldn't Samsung fans go for the Ultras? Wouldn't they go for the Folds? Wouldn't they go for the Notes? (laughs) Yeah, this is where I call into question their naming conventions for their devices. Um, And not just Samsung, and a lot of other manufacturers do it as well. They really don't know what the, I don't think most manufacturers have a road plan for what their phones are called, you know, two years into the future, which honestly shouldn't be that hard because you know what you're making two years in the future and no device should ever be called the fan edition yeah. unless it's a limited edition with a unique design and all the specs that money can buy. Um, 
But yeah, no, to your point, this is a great device. I haven't used it yet, but um, if you are looking for a Samsung smartphone and you're not a tech enthusiast, this is the phone to buy. This is You should not spend your money on the Galaxy S20 Plus, um, you know, maybe the S20, but at this point, the S20 is going to be a couple hundred dollars more expensive than the S20 FE mm-hmm. and you really only get a difference of a curved display and a plastic body and that's you know the only di- and honestly most people put a case on it so at that point who cares and the I'll say I think you would agree with me that a flat display is better than a curved display any day of the week it's really only in 2020 that that has become so clear uh, yeah, I feel like well, I've I mean, never cared until this year well, and so like it, it used to be, it was just Samsung, and then everybody got their hands on Samsung's displays and even LG's displays that do the same thing, and curved around the edge and TCLs going at it too these days, and it's like, why? Like this is the worst user experience ever. It looks really good, but it does not function well at all. Yeah. So flat and displays it- for the win. And it, it, you have, yeah, flat displays and the way that I would say it, and this is how I've been saying it in a lot of places, quality of life for the win, mm-hmm. because it well, just yeah. makes life a little bit easier that you don't have to worry about wayward touches or anything like that. Or the glare. I mean, try watching watching video on it in portrait mode or even playing a game and you have this like line of glare that's cutting off half of your content at the top or, the, or even the bottom of the screen. Yep, totally. Uh, So yeah, that's yet another phone that I'll do a camera test on uh, and my takeaways, which you know what, I'm actually thinking of streamlining these uh, complaints and takeaways videos and just being like, because there are times when I get long winded and it's great for things like podcasts, but in my videos, maybe if I just am very succinct, like here's my complaint in 30 seconds, here's my takeaway in 30 seconds, like I'm thinking of just doing that just to get straight to the point. Um, But yeah. Uh, Before I get too far into talking about how my content goes, uh, why don't we go ahead and take a quick break and we can talk about Google this week. Back from the break, uh, it's time to talk Google. Let's get into it. This is uh, this is this is finally the event that we were waiting for. You and I got boxes from Google to literally open up and enjoy during this event. And uh, it was Tuesday, right? That that uh, the event was or was it Monday? I'm trying to remember. Wednesday. Oh, I have like it was no Wednesday. concept of days right now. Yeah, you're right. Thursday. The, the days the all merge into Wednesday, each other. The, oh my God. Wednesday the 30th. Okay. So on the 30th, um, to end what we started to call tech, tech, wait, tech timber, right? Um, they're all tech at this point. That's how crazy 2020 has been. In any well, case, just to put things in perspective, Xiaomi and Google had their launch events on the same morning. Same morning, same day. Uh, well, to Google's credit, a box of goodies arrived before this event because the whole idea behind it was that we were going to, like, on the one hand, they they do this, uh, they 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 give treats, they give these things. I still remember the old days of Google I/O where every <clears throat> floor, every elevator had these huge, like, bins of candy. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they were they were giving you the Google Cafeteria Campus experience, which is what too. they have yep. at the Google Campus. They just have food everywhere. And so they send us boxes of goodies. I think we filled out a questionnaire form to say which goodies we would like, if you'd mm-hmm. like tea, if you'd like coffee, 
I went with hot chocolate, which was delicious, but I did have to share it with my entire family because I, I went downstairs and I made my mug of hot chocolate and my wife was like, do I get some of that too? And fortunately there was enough hot chocolate that they provided so I could get four mugs of hot chocolate for me and the girls. So See, I went for coffee and they sent, you know what? Shouts out to this company, Black and Bold. It's a um, okay, so I'm, I'm, I apologize if this is incorrect information, but I think it's a it's a black-owned company from Iowa. I think Iowa Iowa's the one where I'm not too sure, but I'm pretty sure it's a black-owned company. They had they 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 did a big push with Google on National Coffee Day, so of course that's what was in the in the box. Um, what was so interesting, and I've seen this before, it's not like it's very new to me, but it was steeped coffee. It was coffee grounds in a big tea bag, and you literally steep it like tea. It takes longer. Mm-hmm but you steep it like tea. It turned out fine. Like I was actually really impressed by it. Um, the uh, A the, little the, bit easier to make coffee. True. And I'm absolutely looking at it now as like, I'm, I'm the guy as Nick knows who brings like coffee makers to trips and I grind my <laughs> own beans in the morning and all that stuff. This might be a nice travel alternative. You also steal coffee tea from all the events as oh, well you're 100%. like oh these this is the good tea i'm getting like 17 of these tea bags putting them in my 100 percent. shouts out to tcl for always <laughs> having a bunch of tea at their briefings and they always see me do it and of course one of our homies uh jason he's always just like yeah go ahead josh do it just take it take it <laughs> just all take it go ahead no one else is drinking it he has like a beer in his hand <laughs> go ahead take the tea um but yeah the 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 box was pretty cool and i think on the 30th that morning is the f- the only time that literally all of us like posted feet pictures on twitter because we had socks on the google socks it, it was the day that tech tech influencers and journalists all posted pictures of their feet and was socially acceptable and that's the last time that's going to happen yeah until until we get more google socks exactly yeah if it's just more google socks um so the whole point of it was that like you know it came with a bag of popcorn some candy a candle the whole idea even though they 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 sent a candle even though this was a event that was happening during the day but whatever Mm -hmm. um but in any case the whole idea behind the first half of google's announcement was that this is all entertainment based so we have a new nest speaker uh and we also have a new chromecast which that's one of the packages that's coming in today i uh I, I drove straight to like three different stores to try to find the new Chromecast because there were reports that people were finding them randomly at like Home Depot or Walmart. No luck. So I had to order Best Buy online shipped coming today. I'm really into this new Chromecast. Um, did you order one or? I did not order one. I have way too many Chromecasts in my house and I'm... And I also have a JBL soundbar that has Google TV or Android TV, which will likely be getting the update to mm-hmm. the new interface anyways. So I, the only thing I would be missing out on would be the controller, but my JBL Android TV controller looks pretty similar. Um, but as far as like the overall experience, they've really upgraded what the Chromecast dongle does it's no longer just chromecast allowing you to cast things to the chromecast so that you can stream things to it uh, but you actually get uh, what they're calling now google tv built in you know an updated version of android tv which was an updated version of the original google tv yep. uh, they keep going back and forth with these names i don't know when they're going to stop um 
But yeah, the interface that they're giving now uh, is a lot more streamlined, more focused on the content that you're consuming, more focused around search and being able to find it based off of all the different streaming services that you have logged in. Um, and then the remote is nice, small, and playful uh, with the colors that they're going with, all soft pastel. And I saw a lot of people complaining about this is not what my entertainment media center looks like. And honestly, the your entertainment media center, if it doesn't look soft colored and whatever, you have a big black box sitting on your wall with black boxes in a shelf underneath it with black remotes. That doesn't look good. Like, yes, mm. it might look all uniform, but just having black rectangles all over your living room doesn't look good. I mean, honestly, yeah. like if you can, if our technology can have color and integrate itself more into the room and not stand out as an eyesore, I think that's a very good push in the right direction. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I I really wanted the um what did they call it the sunrise I almost called it salmon the uh, sunrise edition and mm-hmm. I, I I I thought that having like a little bit of a little bit of color a splash of color there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Uh, I will admit though that putting that Chromecast on the back of your TV to where it won't be ever seen again like okay I get that if you're <laughs> <laughs> it's just gonna hide back there but yeah. I mean at least you get to see the remote and the exactly. nice thing is. They, they've they gone out of their way to make sure that the included battery for the remote matches the color of the remote itself. Uh, it's a little bit off, but I mean, the attention to detail that they're going to with this product to show that we are a company that's focused on consumer products now, and we actually take the attention to detail. We're not just giving you, you know unbranded, you know, whatever Amazon batteries or whatever to put inside your device. We actually spent a little bit extra money, maybe just a couple cents, but to make the battery match the color of the remote, just to have that little nice touch that you typically don't get with consumer products in your living room. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm looking forward to the new Google TV interface. Coming from somebody who has been using a Roku for some time now, um, one of the care packages during quarantine uh, from one of the companies that we work with, PR just just like, okay, here's a couple of things, you know, we hope you're doing well. One of them was a Roku. And it's a nice little, it's, it, I don't know, like I had my parents working on Chromecast on the big TV for quite a while. And mm-hmm. while it's not that hard to teach that this is the casting button, this is the this or that, blah, blah, blah. Like all of that is good and dandy, but adding a remote to the whole process just made life so much easier, even for myself. I, I enjoy it quite a bit so the roku proved that and now we're going to get something in google tv with this new chromecast what i find so funny though 50 bucks the chromecast ultra was like 70 and now it's literally obsolete because all of those it's not because this one does not have stadia support and the chromecast ultra does okay here's the thing though there were this is the funny part though wasn't it central that said stadia does work on it. it's just not being marketed um it, it could be uh from what i saw it shouldn't be it's not yeah it's not listed in any of the support materials um so it i i don't have one i haven't tested it so i i could I will find be out completely later. wrong yeah i will make but, I mean, the, the first co- thing i do tonight the chromecast ultra though i mean that thing's been around for what three two three years now so i mean it's not like it's a new device that you know they just 
aped. Um, so, I mean, if, if this does replace the Comcast Ultra, that's great. Mm-hmm. But um, that for me, that would be the only advantage that the Ultra would have would be Stadia support at this point if it's not built into the new Google TV or whatever they're calling it. <laughs> I'm yeah, totally TV confused with the names. Yeah. And they're also doing this whole promotion where you can get, you can do one month. If, when you pay for one month of YouTube TV, you get the Chromecast for free, which I wouldn't really recommend anybody do that just for the just for the Chromecast because it's like sixty five dollars a month for YouTube TV at its like at the higher package levels. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, YouTube TV is fine and all, but you know they're. It doesn't have to be the only way that you get a Chromecast. A Chromecast is 50 bucks, comes with a remote, 4K, all these things. And if Stadia support is there, well, then there you go. So potentially... Well, I think it's, it's the incentive to switch to Google TV. So if you're using Comcast or Xfinity right yeah, now and want to switch away from your cable provider and go with Google TV, which is essentially just another cable provider, you don't have to buy a device in order to do that you get the device for free Mm -hmm. yeah and personally i'm a proponent of hulu live because it also includes hulu's library rather than just the live channels and whatnot and i guess you can make the argument that youtube tv has the library of youtube but it's like eh, not quite the same like (laughs) i get what you're trying to say there but it's not like i can watch korean dramas on youtube you know well i mean i I think the DVR functionality that Google TV offers is better than the rest. So yeah, like you can just tell it record this show for infinity and it records it to the cloud and uh, you always have access to it. So the, those capabilities I think are far superior to um, any other cable providers currently offering. So, yeah, I feel but like honestly, I, I'm, we don't have cable TV in our house. We are not planning on adding cable TV to our house. We have more than enough shows to watch on streaming that we're never caught up to what we want to watch. So once that happens, who knows? I think at the end of this year, I have to look through my me and my family's subscription lists and just see what things we can actually like put away. Like mm-hmm. I haven't. I, you 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 may or may not be able to relate to this, but I haven't watched anime <laughs> in the longest time, and I still have that subscription. <laughs> Um, there's there's a lot of anime through other subscription services too that you might already be paying for. True. So true. All right. So uh, down to brass tacks. Um, I do want to start this off by saying maybe the biggest story when it comes to the new Google Pixel. There's two of them: Pixel Four A, five G, and Pixel Five. Kind of the biggest story to me about these phones is that there isn't a whole lot to talk about. Um, they're not. They're not going to be the flashiest, most extraordinary phones. And I think that's the point because they're just going to be the reliable old faithfuls. Well, and I think, yes, to that point. And then I think Google confuses everybody by the naming conventions of these phones because even though we have the Pixel 4a, which came out earlier this summer, now we have the 4a 5G and then the 5 the 4A 5G is really a 5 Lite because mm-hmm. it has nothing in common with the 4A. It's running on the same processor as the 5. It has the same camera setup on the front and the back of the 5, which includes a 12 megapixel main sensor and then a 16 megapixel ultra wide. They ditched the 2x zoom that they had on last year's Pixel 4 for the ultra wide, which we said they should have done in the first place. Yeah. Um, and then an eight megapixel 
uh, front-facing camera. And then it's actually larger than the Pixel 5. I think at 6.2 inches instead of 6, six inches. Um, and so the only thing that it's really missing is wireless charging. Um, and it does have a headphone jack. It has stereo speakers as well. Um, and it's $200 cheaper. So the only real reason why you would actually want to buy the Pixel 5 is if you want a metal phone that has wireless charging, but you're not really holding metal because it's covered in re uh, a poly resin on the outside, so you're not actually touching metal. Um, and that's really it. Can I say, though, oh, that... The, ref uh, the refresh rate, 60 hertz, hertz versus, versus 90 hertz. Mm -hmm which isn't a huge difference, but 90 hertz is definitely better than 60 hertz. Well, there are a few things that this phone to me proves. And I think before, actually, you know what, before I get to those couple of main points, uh, takeaways as is my word these days, uh, the first thing that I thought about with the Pixel 5 uh, and I'm excited for is this metal body. Like it's been a long time mm -hmm. since we've had some sort of uh, aluminum feel. Um, what's funny is it does have wireless charging, but as the teardowns have been showing us, it's because they literally cut a hole in the frame to make that coil stick out just enough to make wireless charging a thing. Like, okay, cool. Like, do what you got to do. Um, but ultimately, if this phone does feel like metal in my hand, I'm going to I'm gonna feel some old HTC vibes, and I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I think it's going to have the... So it's going to look like it's polycarbonate, and I really love the sort of green mm -hmm. color option that they've Likewise. come with. Um, and, but yeah, the, going back to HTC's roots, which is the design team that Google bought in order to build their, their smartphones, I, I, with everything that they have been doing from a build perspective of their devices, it's really going back to HTC's roots. And if anyone who has been following Android smartphones for years, HTC was kind of the gold standard and always setting the trends for what was coming next. Uh, they were the first, one of the first Android manufacturers to give us, um, or no, the first Android manufacturers to give us metal phones, and then one of the first to give us uh, glass phones that were actually worth looking at uh, with the HTC U11. And, you know, they, they set those trends in motion and I don't know if Pixel is going to be doing that going forward, um, but the idea of a metal phone, not glass, it's not going to shatter. Imagine that. Your phone's not going to shatter. At least the back of it's not going to shatter when you drop it on the ground. You might what hear world like do a, we live in? Oh, my gosh. You might hear like a significant cling. A clunk. You know? oh, like yeah. <laughs> you could kill somebody with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, but then the engineering work that they needed to do in order to get wireless charging on there, you know, they, so they put a hole in the back of it right down by the Google logo, but then they actually shaved down the metal on the outside, uh, enough so that the charging coil could go through that hole and then sit there. And then the resin goes over top of the charging coil. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they, they had to figure that one out. Um, because I mean, technically wireless charging with a metal frame was shown off more than a half decade ago by Qualcomm, but no one picked up their wireless charging technology through metal backed phones just because probably they didn't want to pay the licensing fees or it simply wasn't good enough to, you know, match Qi charging standards that, um, you know, we're all used to these days. Well, they just but, felt I mean, like glass was the future also. 
Well, but I mean, that was even before, like two years before glass phones were were coming out. So, Mm. I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, the technology was there, but no one really took Qualcomm up on implementing it. Uh, but there could have been some some issues with that as well. But I I like the I like the idea of a glass phone, sorry, a metal phone. Even though it's not metal on the outside, you're holding this poly resin, um, but still having the durability that you would get with a metal device. Yeah. Um, the other the other takeaways that I got these are these are the two main ones. If I'm truly honest. Uh, and it's probably going to color my entire review of both of these phones. First of all, Snapdragon 765G is the 2020 MVP. Like, let's just let's mm-hmm. just put that out there right now. Uh, you could say whatever you want about having 865 plus high frame rates in Call of Duty or PUBG or whatever the games might be. But let's just put it this way, man. If if the 765G did not exist, we would not be having phones like this at this price, $600 or less, all of this. And that's extraordinary. Like we have been hoping to get back to a place where phones at the price that flagships were three years ago could still be good. And now we are finally there thanks to the 765G. Um, I'm all for it. Yeah. I mean, the 765G has allowed for mid-range devices that are competitive and compelling. It used to be there. There have always been mid-range devices that have been competitive on the price point, but nothing that's been compelling enough to say, you know what, I'm skipping the flagship high-end, high-end processor, high-performance for a mid-range device. Uh, and I think this is the first year that we've seen this with the 765G, and it's a great thing. I mean, coming from you know using the LG Velvet using the OnePlus Nord and a couple other devices that have had the 765G, I can say it's a phenomenal chipset. And even though you can't max out settings on, as you mentioned, Call of Duty Mobile, you can actually max out frame rates, mm. um, not not to detail resolution on Call of Duty Mobile, you can max out frame rates on the OnePlus Nord and get max frame rates on that thing. And honestly, it's an amazing experience, and I I haven't found one game that doesn't run just as smooth on that phone as it does on, say, this two thousand dollar Galaxy Fold Two. Um, there's there's premium products that you're paying for premium technology that's on the bleeding edge, and the only reason you're doing that is because it's aspirational. And then there's actually good products with good performance that you don't have to pay a premium price for. And the Snapdragon 765G has proven that you can create a great smartphone without spending $1,000. Yeah, totally. Um, And then the final takeaway has to do obviously with the cameras. There are some new features that are being included on here. Um, I'm sure some people will love front-facing portrait night sight. Like putting those three things together is a great idea. Mm -hmm. Um, Then of course the... You're basically creating a light in Google Photos uh, that is pointed downward, like portrait lighting. Yeah, portrait lighting. Yeah, and it's um, it is a feature that people probably like professional photographers have used in Photoshop, and mm-hmm. now it's part of Google Photos. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't checked yet. I think Google Photos is starting to get updated with that feature already. So if you have yeah, a so previous pixel. If, if you, well, and it, you don't even need a previous pixel. You just oh, really? need Google Photos. It's built into Google Photos. Oh, okay. I, on, I haven't tested it out on another device, but um, it's a Google Photos feature. I don't think it's... Um, I thought it needed the portrait data 
from pixels but i could be i could be i could be overthinking it. i could i could i don't know okay I, I think they're just using computational photography okay fair enough but um i could be totally wrong on that i thought it's a feature that's being built into google photos itself so technically could be used on any smartphone from with any pictures taken um but then again they could just limit it to google devices and keep the feature away and make it a selling point for pixel i don't know Maybe so. We'll have to find out. Uh, but the, the the final takeaway, as I keep alluding to, about the cameras, do you remember when the Pixel 4 was announced? They made this big deal. Literally, I have used this clip in so many videos on my channel where the gentleman who was talking about uh, cameras was saying, while ultra-wide might be fun, we think Zoom no, is more is. important. Now look what happened. <laughs> One year later, they say Zoom is no longer important and ultra-wide is more fun. I think it, it should have just come down to this simple fact, okay? Um, put, a, put, put a few more megapixels in the main sensor so that you can digitally zoom in without losing too much quality, mm -hmm. which is literally what they call ultra-high-res ultra zoom or something like that. Um, and then they put the ultra-wide on there. Now, finally, we have like the pixel we've always wanted. And... The pixel we should have had last year. Indeed. And the only thing that's missing, to be honest, is like the wide angle on the front-facing camera that the Pixel 3 XL had, mm -hmm. which we all loved uh, one way or another. And yeah, like ultra-wide made a comeback. And <laughs> it's just funny how even Google will walk back on certain things that they have said in the past. Everybody will walk back on certain things that they've said. And the funny thing is like... We know the product life, product development cycles for these devices are 18 to 24 months. So when they were on stage last year, they pretty much knew that this phone would have ultra-wide camera instead of a zoom camera, right? Like they were yeah. on stage and they're like, well, we just had that development meeting yesterday about the Pixel 5 and that's going ultra-wide, but you know, we'll sell this one. Don't worry, we'll sell this one. Yeah, stay stay on message for this one. <laughs> no. no, and honestly, I, I'm really excited to see the ultra-wide. I'm excited to see what Google can do with the ultra-wide, with yes. you know their computational photography, with night shots. Um, you know, there's a lot of great devices. I was just out doing camera samples with the fold two and this has three 12 megapixel sensors you know there's not a super high resolution sensor on the back of this phone but it still takes incredible photos mm -hmm. and the one thing i really loved about this though is that you can open it up and take selfies with the main camera mm -hmm. because you get it on the cover display here and do i was out last night took an ultra wide photo uh por ultra wide portrait um in in low light situations, and I was like, "Oh, this picture is beautiful," and I, I really just wish Google would have that ultra wide for the selfie camera because it's it's needed. I miss it from my Pixel Three. Yeah, I use I use that so much more than the standard one because I was always taking selfies with you know me and my daughters or me and my wife or all four of us trying to get into a picture with you know an amazing background behind us. Yeah, yeah, it's um. Far be it for me to say that wide angle everything, but you know we are living in the vlogging generation. I mean, just look at mm -hmm. look at this. I mean, I could widen my camera right now, and <laughs> this is this is what a vlog looks like. You know, like <laughs> yeah, there you go. Like this is what vlogs kind of look like. In Here's the my era. monitor. This is why I keep looking down. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, it's uh, 
Here, I'll do the same as well. Yeah, I'll zoom in. I'll zoom in like Casey Neistat, like I'm I'm about to say something profound. Well, that's the end of the show. And <laughs> um, okay, so that that is actually the end of the show. Like we are we are excited for the pixels. Looking forward to well, it. We we forgot about Nest Audio. I didn't mention it though. You, you know, mentioned speaker. it. So they they have a new speaker. It's ninety nine bucks. Um, and the new feature is that you can create stereo audio if you have two of them in the same room, uh, so that you can pair them together if you want to spend two hundred dollars on exactly. smart speakers. Uh, but one of the features that they're doing now is, um, and it's going to work with all of the new, all of the current Nest products too, is being able to resume audio from listening to it in your car, and let's say you're listening to a podcast. And you walk into your in your car, you walk into your house, all you say is, hey, Google, resume my podcast, and it'll resume your podcast audio exactly where you left off. Uh, so just continuity of music as you're moving from place to place or from device to device, uh, which kind of sounds like, you know, that sci-fi dream of just seamless technology. But, but it's going to require, fine. like, a lot of user input, like, hey, gee... Uh, play the thing I was playing earlier or like, you know, or you use your phone to actually like mm-hmm. start it off again. Um, this that That's literally the Stadia promise that they still haven't delivered, which is you could pick up where the YouTuber is playing. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So they do have one game where you can jump in with somebody else on Stadia. There's the, one game that they released. I forget the name of it. It must be... It, I mean, I thought PUBG was one of those. No, it PUBG isn't. Like, oh. I think you can like join on PUBG. You can because PUBG doesn't allow you to jump in halfway through a game. You can oh. join somebody oh, and like be in their like room or whatever, so mm-hmm. that the, their lobby, so that the the next game that they create. But there is one game that you can literally jump in live with somebody else if they approve it or something oh. like that. I forget. I haven't played it. <laughs> yeah, same. Uh, speaking of that Stadia, so. though, we'll be trying out Stadia. Hopefully, it will work on the new Chromecast. That's something I'll report on in future content um, or even throw onto the Instagram. And speaking of the Instagram, we are going to go ahead and call it on the main episode for this week. Uh, look forward to, if you're listening to this episode right now on the day that it is being released, uh, which will generally be Friday, our post-show hangout slash Q&A will be released, the audio version, on Monday. So that way you have something at the beginning and at the end of every week to enjoy. Uh, with all of that said, this main uh, classic episode, classic main episode for this week, uh, we are going to go ahead and call it on this one. Nick, go ahead and let everybody know where to find you, what you're working on right now. You can follow me on social media. Uh, my username is at Nick M. Gray across pretty much everything, uh, or else you can follow all of my tech journalism and all the all, all the reviews that I am trying to get finished uh, up on youtube.com slash fandroid or over on fandroid.com. Sweet. All right. Uh, so we will see you in the Q&A in a few days. Uh, but for now, let's go ahead and jump it into the outro. The links for Nick Gray and Fandroid are going to be in the show notes, where you can also find the links for myself, JV, across social media and YouTube. If you want to follow me on Instagram and Twitter, you can find me at JVTechT. Because I am JV, I love tech, and I love to drink me some tea. You can also follow my content over at YouTube.com slash Joshua Vergara, especially if you're looking for even more content on all of the devices that would otherwise be covered on Pocket Now. 
Speaking of Pocket Now, of course, you can find it at pocketnow.com and find us on Instagram, Twitter, and all social media at Pocket Now. And head on over to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Pocket Now, where videos are pretty much coming out every single day. With all of that said, we're going to go ahead and call it on this one. Look forward to the post-show hangout and Q&A coming out in a couple of days, typically on Mondays after the main episode comes out every Friday. So, Keep it tuned to your podcast feed for Pocket Now so you can hang out with us yet again to start off the next week. With all that said, we're going to call it on this one. Thank you once again for listening to the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. Uh, Take care of yourselves and each other, and we'll see you in the next one.